You're listening to the King's Church DC podcast. King's Church is located in the heart of Washington DC and exists to make Jesus known in our city through enduring presence that brings personal conversion, purposeful living, and community reconciliation. We hope you enjoy the following sermon. Well, uh, it is my privilege to welcome the, the fact that we have several getting baptized today, and uh, normally we'd have a sermon at this point, so uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It's the words of John 3.16 and 17, and that is the truth today. These individuals will testify to the fact that Christianity, that faith in God, is not about enslavement to rules or to a creed, but rather it's freedom found in faith in Jesus Christ. Forgiveness found through faith in the Son of God. Uh, As we move to a time of baptism, I'll invite all those who are participating with us uh, to come on up. And if you would, join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for... Uh, the fact that you are always the sermon, uh, that we can simply say Jesus Christ is risen and we look to you, the one who loves us and gave himself for us. Lord, we celebrate with our brothers and sisters what we're about to see. Lord, give us eyes to see, a heart to understand and comprehend. Lord, allow us to, to feel and see your great kindness in these lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. My name is Daniel Davis. I'm one of the uh, lay pastors here and a member at King's Church. Uh, Here at King's, we follow the New Testament uh, pattern of baptizing believers uh, in Jesus by full immersion into the water. Um, There are, of course, some different views on baptism uh, across Christian traditions, but the pattern we see in Scripture uh, is that baptism always comes after belief in Jesus, and that's the the pattern that we follow here. Um, Before we begin, I just want to highlight two important things we should remember about baptism. Uh, First, this is an individual's act. Um, When someone decides to get baptized, it's an outward expression of an inward change that's occurred in the heart and in the person's life. Um, So each of these uh, people about to get baptized um, have come to faith in Jesus. They have uh, been changed by him uh, from the inside out. They've experienced new life and they've been buried with him uh, and raised with him, which is that picture we're about to see in the water. Um, and to, so today they're, they are publicly declaring uh, and depicting that reality through baptism. But number two, uh, baptism is also the church's act. Um, so these believers are not going to baptize themselves. Um, they are being baptized by the church, represented by Ben Wesley, Bradley, and myself, Uh, this morning. Um, The New Testament teaches that the local church has been given the keys of the kingdom, uh, which means that it's our job to testify to each other's faith, uh, to declare uh, based on the evidence of our lives that these are in fact followers of Christ. So today in baptism, we are declaring that yes, uh, these people belong to Jesus. Um, So with that, first up for baptism is Sean McAndrews from the state of Nebraska. Uh, good morning, y'all. Uh, my name is Sean McAndrews. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share what God has done in my life. 
Um, before I start, I do want to acknowledge that I have been baptized before. Um, it happened when I was in uh, middle school, um, but it was a performative baptism. There was not a true heart change within. Um, so I've been convicted of uh, doing this for some time. Um, so just thankful, thankful to be here. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, at the age of five, I had a vivid dream that I was in hell, and I knew that I deserved to be there. Um, terrified, uh, my mom uh, prayed the sinner's prayer with me, um, and I said the words to accept Christ as my Savior, but there was not a heart change within. Um, from then on, much of my life did not reflect that of a Christian. I went to my uh, church with my family on Sunday and was generally coerced into going on Wednesdays. Um, but something deep in my heart prevented me from fully following Jesus. Um, for one, I had a broken relationship with my father. Um, many of the aspects of our relationship um, I placed on God the Father. Um, a few of the examples of the lies I believed about God were, uh, I did not believe that God was good. Um, I believed that God wanted doom and ruin for my life um, and that I was destined to fail. Uh, I believed that Jesus was real, uh, that he died for humanity as a whole, but I never felt worthy that he would want anything to do with me personally. Um, because of my selfish inability to see past my own circumstances, because of these lies that I believed, um, I did struggle with uh, depression and suicidal thoughts um, much throughout high school, um, and I never experienced joy or peace in my life. Um, I sought out idols and sexual sin in search of that peace, but found none. Um, after I graduated high school, um, I went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic where God would radically change my life. Um, on this trip, our group worked at an orphanage. Um, we preached the gospel, served needs um, in the Dominican Republic. Um, and as we were preaching the gospel, I was ironically um, preaching that to myself. Um, throughout that week, I experienced the Holy Spirit um, and was just filled with joy um, for the first time in my life. Um, at the end of the trip, as we were getting on buses to board and leave, um, I got on the bus, uh, started breaking down um, and weeping because I knew of the darkness um, that I was returning to in my life. Um, and it was in that moment that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is what it looks like to follow me. Will you follow me? Um, I said yes to that call and rededicated my life to Christ then, and I'd say I was I've been walking with Jesus since then. Um, I wish I could say it was then that all my problems um, and sin struggles went away, um, but the reality was certainly far from it. Um, I've heard it said that once you take your faith seriously, you get moved to the front lines with the enemy, and that certainly seemed to be true in my case. Um, my struggles with depression came back full force. Um, sexual sin and broken relationships still lingered, um, but God was doing a work and was slowly uprooting all of that and each of the lies that I believed about him. Um, he proved to me that he is a good father. Uh, he showed me that he has been knocking on the door of my heart and has desired a personal relationship with me, that I am made worthy of knowing him because of what happened on the cross. Um, as for my struggles with depression, I'm happy to say that the Lord lifted me out of that towards the end of my college years and have been completely healed. Um, there's no other source of true joy, peace, or rest outside of Jesus. I know that there is nothing that I can do to earn his love. Uh, I am a broken, sinful man, 
um, saved by grace alone through faith in Christ. Um, there's no other group of people I'd rather do this in front of, so thank you so much to Kings, to Ben and Wesley, um, to brothers that have walked alongside me and for my family that have all pointed me to Christ. So thank you. Next up, we have Maria Sebeko from the state of North Dakota. Hello. Um, I just want to say again, thank you all for letting me profess this. Um, so like many of you, I grew up in church. Um, I've always known about God. I've always identified as Christian, um, and I was even baptized as an infant. But as I got older, um, it felt like I only knew him halfway. Um, he was always pursuing me, but I wasn't always pursuing him. As a teenager, the pressure to fit in made me have one foot in society's world, way of life and one foot in God's way of life. I would go out on Saturday nights, lie to my parents, and then attend church on Sunday mornings, feeling guilty for falling into sin. The cycle did not stop in college, but the constant back and forth left me feeling empty. I soon realized that I could not love God halfway. It's obvious my walk with Christ has never been linear. There have always been its ups and downs, but as I've leaned into my relationship with him, so has he. The more sanctified I have felt. Changing my actions, fully living Christ is hard and painful. But knowing Christ fully is the sweetest gift I have ever known. I have no moment of complete realization that I desperately needed a savior, but my sanctification has been a slow and difficult process. However, God didn't leave me in moments where I walked through fire. Instead, he walked before me, before me and beside me through it. The older I get, the more I understand who Christ really is. He's my redeemer, he's my father, and he's even my friend. I have always been privileged to be surrounded by great friends and family who have drawn me closer to the Lord. When I moved to DC, I was scared that community would be hard to find, but Kings has welcomed me with open arms and reminded me that my worth wasn't tied to my career, my status, or even my past mistakes. Today, I want to be baptized to show the world that my relationship with Christ is the most important thing in my life and that I am committed to pursuing Christ as Christ has pursued me. Thank you. Next, we have Cole Bowling from the state of Illinois. Hello, my name is Cole. Uh, my Christian story begins probably very similar to most of yours. I was raised in a Christian home. I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was five years old. At the time, I did not fully understand what being saved meant or what I was doing. All I knew was that I was afraid of going to hell. Um, I went to Christian schools all my life. I have been taught the Bible backward and forwards. Uh, when I was in high school, I wanted to try to make my faith my own and really own the commitment I made when I was five years old. However, I really just kind of walked through the motions. I didn't think very hard about my faith. Um, just like when I was five, all I really cared about was not going to hell. Um, after high school, I attended a Christian university. However, even, even there, I did not think very hard about my faith. I knew I needed Jesus as my savior, but I wasn't doing anything that I needed to do. My sophomore year was probably the toughest year for me. Uh, 
spiritually. Um, I was very close to walking away from my faith. I was mad at the church. I was mad at Christians. I was mad about uh, the sins that I had to deal with. Um, I was upset with God for giving me the challenge that I did not want to do. Um, I continued to go to church only because it was what I did every Sunday. That's just what I was taught to do. I stopped taking communion, and I would stand there silently with my arms crossed during worship. Uh, During this time, one of my friends, he noticed and simply asked me what was wrong. Um, Then he asked me if I wanted to do a Bible study with him and read through the book of James. Uh, For some reason, I agreed. Um, (laughs) By the grace of God, I agreed. Uh, Through reading James, I realized that God's way is perfect and good. I began to ask for wisdom and guidance throughout my life. I read about how God would bless those who persevere and how I am his prized possession. I had taken classes in the Judeo-Christian higher law tradition throughout college, and in reading James really codified my perception of God's good and perfect word. Um, I need to trust the Lord and follow his word. I knew that his word was perfectly good and designed to help, not to restrict. Um, that it was for my own good. With that in mind, I began to pray more, which I will admit, I still struggle with prayer, but as I've gone through my faith, I've begun to see the value of prayer and ask for forgiveness and wisdom from my Heavenly Father. After reading through James, I decided to dedicate my life to the Lord. Uh, Jesus was truly who I want to follow, and although imperfect every day, by his grace, I strive to live a life that he modeled. Since my sophomore year of college, I have found great comfort in the Lord and now look to him when I am stressed or anxious. I have always heard him and taught at the importance of baptism. However, I was always hesitant about taking the public step of declaring my faith. I have always known baptism was important and that I should be baptized one day. And today I'm ready to take the step of obedience and make the public announcement that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. From the state of Oregon, we have Doug Blair. Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you for obviously being here, both for the baptism and for the service, of course. Uh, My name is Doug Blair, and honestly, I I never would have been able to imagine I would have been up on this stage doing something like this. When I was growing up, I was not raised in a household that prioritized faith or Christianity in in the slightest. Uh, When I was young, uh, I was baptized as an infant, but after that, it just kind of stopped. We would occasionally go to Catholic Mass on the days like Christmas and Easter, but it never really stuck. And then even that, after a while, just kind of went away. I flirted with faith back in high school, but nothing really stuck. I stayed like that for the next decade, but I was really becoming hostile to Christianity. My hometown of Portland, Oregon is not a good place for people of faith. Um, And I kind of fell into that trap where I saw Christians as these hateful, bigoted people that would tell people how they had to live and would tell people that they needed to go a certain way or they would go to hell. After I was able to leave my hometown, though, I I came to Washington and started a new life. And I found myself working with some of the most amazing people on earth at the Heritage Foundation who really brought me into this fold. And again, one of the things that was so wonderful about it is they genuinely cared about my faith development. When I came in, I was an atheist. I had these weird views about Christians. And and they they just accepted me as that was. And they were able to to pull me in. But as I began to recognize that faith was maybe something I wanted to pursue, I I started to succeed in the the physical world, but not necessarily in the spiritual world. I was doing well at my job. I had met my beautiful girlfriend. Hi, Katie. Um, And 
I had all these friends, but there was still something missing. And I, I couldn't figure out what it was. And as, as soon as people started to talk to me about faith and genuinely wanted me to engage with faith, that's when it kind of clicked, was that I was missing a relationship with Jesus. And that started to fill that hole. One of the things that I've been very blessed here at King's to experience is the book of Ecclesiastes. We went through that wonderful seminar, that, that wonderful series on Ecclesiastes, and that was really what stuck with me. Because I think that it means even if we don't stick around, even if we aren't here forever, we are still in Christ forever, and he always loves us. So Ecclesiastes 1.11 says, there is no remembrance of people of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. And I think that that's, a lot of people find that really scary, but I find that really comforting. Because again, I could do everything at the job. I could have all the friends. It doesn't matter. My legacy isn't that. It is my love in Christ and that Christ's love for me. Ecclesiastes wraps up by saying, now that all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of every human being. God commands me to get baptized. I want to please him. I want him to be in my life forever, and I want to build that relationship with him. So here I am. Thank you so much. From the state of Minnesota, we have Abby Gadera. Hi, everybody. I am really excited to be here today, especially here. Um, this place is uh, one that I'm really grateful for, as well as for all the people. And it's played a big role in, um, in what I have to say. Um, so for those of you who know me, I always say I'm a big context person, so that's where we're going to start. Um, <laughs> similarly to what's been said already, I, I grew up in a home that believed in Christ but didn't really know Christ. Um, and I was baptized as an infant. and. Um, uh, have known the Lord for about seven years, but I'm really grateful that today is the day that I get to confess my need for Jesus. Um, my parents loved my sisters and I and provided for us without condition or hesitation, uh, but it was a home without a lot of relational living uh, and not a lot of emotional expression. We went to church on Sundays, but didn't really talk about faith or God in between. Um, really just discussed the application of Christianity's moral teaching implicitly. Um, and while my childhood years lacked kind of the examples of vulnerable and intentional relationships with other humans and the Lord, the one thing my sisters and I were taught to be was independent. And I'm grateful for this to an extent because my parents gave me a lot of freedom and encouragement through it. Um, but it really grew without knowledge or foundation in the Lord um, and led me to be pretty sure that I could believe in him but live a life without him um, and kind of had this disconnect between head and heart. Um, so by the time I got to high school and college, I was a right piece of work. Um, and I'd really learned to hide behind my independence and my intellect, um, believing that if I was strong enough and smart enough and good enough, no one would ask questions and I could leave, live my life without failure or interruption. So every mistake was something to learn from and never do again. And every assignment or responsibility was something to be conquered at its utmost. Um, and what I didn't realize is that while I thought I was growing strong and self-sufficient, um, I was totally ignorant to my own sin, and I was really living in a place that was more of stifling fear. Um, 
and the search for independence was fueled by my fears of failure, incompetency, and rejection, um, and led me to shut doors on most human connection and build a pretty significant wall around my own heart to people and the Lord. Um, and meanwhile, we, meanwhile, my mind was pretty much filled with the lie that I could do everything alone, I didn't need anybody, to be vulnerable was weak, and to be weak was unacceptable. Um, so I came to really fully believe that I could do everything alone. Um, so the Lord came for me at the height of that sarcasm, cynicism, and aloofness, and I'm forever grateful for the people and events he put in my life to point me to him. Uh, working through patient and inquisitive, aggressively inquisitive friends at Wheaton College, uh, he began to crack the facade, and he shattered it through multiple events that drove me to the point where all I could say was, Lord, I need you. Um, I first met the Lord in a period of deep loneliness, actually in this city when I was interning here. Uh, and loneliness was something I truly thought I was unsusceptible to because I'm an, an aggressive introvert who really likes my alone time, um, but it found me. And after that time, he pursued me again and again and again, revealed my sin and my need for him. Um, I just lost my place. <laughs> um, and through other events, um, most recently through a relationship broken by significant deceit and a betrayal that left me emotionally flatlined for the first time in my life and in a place where I had to accept help. Um, so time and again, I tried to be smart enough and strong enough and in charge of my emotions enough to believe that I could control my life, that I didn't need to be known, helped, or held accountable by any community. And the Lord found me there every single time, revealed my own deeply rooted pride that made me believe I, I could control my own life. So in the very best way, he again and again threw me in the back seat of the car, took the wheel, and very gently and gracefully showed me my own brokenness, meeting me with a peace and grace that I will never deserve, and teaching me just how abundantly beautiful and precious life is when you are known unconditionally by him and others. Um, so, as I said, I'm happy today is the day I get to publicly share that need after several years of the Lord teaching me just how deep it is. Um, and after a long year of healing through which the Lord has taught me to lean on him and others more than ever before, um, I can not only accept but also really joyfully state that he's the one who sustains me and I am not nor will ever be able on my own. Next up, we have Andrew Harding from the great state of Texas. Good morning, church. It's a blessing to stand before all of you today and share my testimony of how Jesus has changed my life in the evidence of his grace. I've always wanted to get baptized, but for years, I wasn't putting in the work to genuinely get to that point. I attended Sunday school, but from middle school onwards, I drifted away from Christ. Despite my lack of proactiveness, something or someone was telling me to return. Specifically, on a flight home from a summer debate camp my senior year of high school, a woman noticed I was working on my college applications on the plane. Small talk turned into a discussion of faith. She read Bible verses to me and, most strikingly, leaned to me and said, I don't think we sat together by accident. The Lord was knocking, but I still did not open the door. Eventually, 
the Lord burst the door open by inducing and placing me in the darkest point of my life that I wouldn't wish on anyone else. I hit rock bottom. I would openly say, okay, Lord, you win. I surrender. I realized that I needed to make changes in my life. It was the wake-up call that, within a year, brought me here to King's Church. I've seen the Lord's work throughout my time in D.C., from my time in college to figuring out internships, from making incredible friends to meeting my girlfriend, who is watching this live stream from Switzerland right now, from having hit emotional rock bottoms to not taking anything for granted. Only the Lord could have guided me down this path, for I don't think luck would have delivered this many blessings. Thoughts of baptism began to return, and I decided to get to work. During the summer, I finally pushed myself into the serious study of baptism, from reading scripture to dozens of articles and holding many conversations. I wanted to understand elements of church history, various Christian doctrines, and most importantly, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm proud to publicly say that I believe that Jesus Christ was born, crucified, rose from the dead, and will return. I want to thank Ben and Wesley for their continued teachings and genuine commitment to Christ and the church. I'm thankful for Matt Penner who, uh, for his unwavering mentorship and commitment to helping me understand God's love. To those from small groups and friends I've made, thank you for being such wonderful, God-loving people. I'm thankful for Juliana's passion for the Lord and, of course, my mother, who is watching this live stream as well from Texas, for raising me right and being the best mother anyone could ever ask for. Most importantly, I'm sincerely thankful to the Lord for his love, compassion, grace, forgiveness, and for knocking on my door consistently. I'm beyond excited to live a life that glorifies him with my door always open. Thank you, and God bless. And finally, from Virginia, we have Ben Rakes. Wow. Oh, good morning, church. Oh, goodness. It is so great to be here with you. Uh, my name is Ben Rakes, and without object objection, I ask unanimous consent to have five legislative days to revise and extend my remarks. <laughs> I, uh, so if you don't get that joke, I write letters for a living, not speeches. Uh, although I think the sentiment behind it uh, really still stands because no amount of words that I can say will truly describe the impact that God has had on my life. Uh, growing up in a loving Christian household, I was taught the Bible both at home and at my local church. At a young age, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and there alongside my twin sister. Uh, and I was, while I was christened as a child, I was never baptized. Uh, I'm thankful that while I had a, cry, a childlike faith, my relationship with Christ would continue to both grow and weather hardship with age. In college, I'd come to realize that much of my faith by this point was predicated on the convenience of maintaining my worldview, meaning that I would only seek God to answer apologetic questions and then continue on my way. Visually, this would look more like beckoning with one hand, but then also keeping him at arm's length with the other. 
and I wrestled with this thought up until 2020 when the Lord provided me with an internship here in DC and really the opportunity to actively pursue a relationship with God in ways that I never had before. This happened in sweet moments like discovering the congregation of King's Church, whose devotion to Christ and love for each other was contagious. Spending Tuesday nights diving deeper into the word with the Clark Small Group. It's a shameless plug. They're really great. Uh, and times where I could sit in silence and solitude with just me and God in my apartment. Uh, this period presented an apparent paradigm shift in how I viewed my relationship with God because I took notice that rather than abiding out of a sense of rationalized legalism, I was pursuing Christ from the overflow of a regenerated heart that desired to glorify and honor him. Essentially, I was assured that my faith was my own. In the following two years, I knew that I wanted to walk in obedience and get baptized, praying that one day I could rejoin the community at King's Church. And today, as the Lord would have it, I get to do both. Uh, stepping forward for baptism, I publicly proclaimed that out of an abundance of grace and mercy, the Lord has sent his son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to carry the weight of the sins of this world to the point of death on the cross and rose from the dead, conquering the grave. I acknowledge that my salvation is totally dependent on his sacrifice, that I lean not on my own understanding, and that I must actively walk in repentance and pursue righteousness. I thank God for all that he has done in my life, and I'm eager to step forward in obedience. Thank you. Well, we're now going to pray over these individuals. What a wonderful testimony of the Lord's faithfulness, of his goodness, of his kindness, of his mercy and grace uh, in each one of their stories. Uh, these are real stories of individuals who have experienced real life change through the power of Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful uh, that we get to share this moment with them and we get to celebrate all that the Lord has done and is doing uh, through their lives. And so would you join me in prayer? Thank you for listening to this episode of King's Church DC podcast. If this sermon encouraged you, please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. For more information on our church and service times, please visit kingschurchdc.com. We hope you will join us again next week.